Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's all brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to Annuity360 for your free book. Tell Ford we sent you in that direction. And Lindsey, let's get into it. What in the heck is going on with the offseason, <laughs> with this front office, and Alex Anthopoulos, and these no names, according to Braves fans, that we keep bringing into the program while we are letting good talent walk out the door? Last Friday was a lot of moves, and then obviously you you know you brought some guys back. You signed uh, uh, you you know you, you signed somebody on Monday. I think the thing here is Alex Anthopoulos has always kind of looked for value, right? Uh, and and folks who maybe weren't necessarily that familiar with Ronaldo Lopez or Aaron Bummer, like I get it that the name doesn't immediately stand out, and the 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 ERA and things like that don't immediately stand out. And there's a question like, what are they doing? I want to respond with Atlanta went and traded for Pierce Johnson at the trade deadline out of Colorado. And I'm a self-proclaimed like big baseball guy. And I didn't even know who Pierce Johnson was. He comes over to Atlanta and puts up an ERA of just barely over one down the stretch. And they sign him to a long-term deal. Like that's, that's what these other transactions have been. Ronaldo Lopez was very, very good until he literally had an eye issue and couldn't see. That's when he was bad. I wrote the whole story up on the site. I know. That's why he was bad. Uh, he ended up getting moved to the bullpen when he came back from the eye surgery. He's been fantastic since then. We're going to give him a shot to start. Uh, Aaron he's Bummer. Literally, he's yeah. literally Rick Vaughn from Major League. <laughs> he's literally Rick Vaughn. Look at Eddie Rosario. Eddie yeah. Rosario had a terrible 2022 because he had an eye issue and couldn't see. And when he got the surgery, he came back. And in 23, he was much better than he had been in 22. And arguably was worth the money that he made in 2023. So it's Atlanta's never been the team to go for the big splash and pay the, the frontline money. Now they offered that money to Aaron Nola. And I honestly, it's very, it's very reassuring to me that Atlanta was trying to give, what was it? They were trying to give $27 million per year to Aaron Nola. They mm -hmm. went above that $22 million limit to try to sign Aaron Nola and they weren't able to do it but they're trying and ultimately i i trust alex anthopoulos that the guys that he brought in there's a reason he brought them in he sees value he sees how we can get more out of them than what they're making and he has a plan the the big question we have now is who's going to be the big starting pitcher we bring in that's the question because aaron nola's off the table and that was head and shoulders the one that i wanted more than anybody else well and i, I guess my you and I talking before this, before we began, and mm -hmm. one thing that you brought up, and you make a good point, is the fact that Aaron Nola ends up going back to a club that he's familiar with, with coaches he's familiar with. And I understand that there's still some familiarity with the Braves, too, uh, and, and especially their staff. But still, he gets to stay at home. He gets to sleep in the mm -hmm. same bed he's been sleeping in the last few years. And that goes a long way with guys, especially when they got the money to go along with it. Yeah, I mean, he's. it's not like he took a chump change to go back. He's making almost $25 million a year. Atlanta offered 27. He got an extra year on the contract that he right. probably wasn't going to get from Atlanta. The overall money is more than Atlanta's reported offer to him, but it's an additional year. So per year, he's not making as much, but the deal is 
seven years, which is a long time to sign any pitcher. I think it's the longest pitcher deal we've seen since maybe Garrett Cole went to the Yankees. So, mm-hmm. I mean, was Atlanta going to sign him until the age of 37, 38? I don't know, but it, he did stay home. And that's what, as fans, we always want guys to do, right? We want guys to stick with the teams that, br- that drafted them and brought them up and gave them opportunities when they were young. And so it's, it's hard to be mad about this. The big question now, just where does Atlanta go from here? And like, I personally have opinions that you shouldn't pivot to a guy like a Sonny Gray or a Blake Snell because one, they're going to be qualifying offer guys as well. So you're also going to lose draft picks for them, but money wise, draft pick wise, link the contract wise, they're probably not going to be worth it. Like Aaron Nola was what's the big argument that we've had about Braves pitching in the postseason is that these guys have not been healthy or have been available at 100% in the postseason. Aaron Nola, the last time he went on the IL was 2021, and they made him because he failed a COVID test. He He has pitched at least 170 to 180 to 190 to 200 innings every single season. He's broken 200 innings three times in the last five full years. And then outside of that, it's 193, 180, and 168. He's reliable. He's reliable. He always, the fielded independent pitching's always somewhere between two and a half and three and a half. The ERA fluctuates. We know how luck plays in baseball. Mm-hmm. But the fielded independent pitching's oh, there. You said that he, word again. Yeah, luck. Oh, no. <laughs> Phillies fans coming after me here. But. Like, he's a good pitcher. He's reliable. That's why I was comfortable giving up two draft picks Mm. for Aaron Nola. But, like, reports are Atlanta's pivoted to Sonny Gray. Okay, great. Sonny Gray's career highs and innings in the last five years was this year. He pitched 184, and in 2019, he pitched 175. Outside of that, it's 119, 135, 130. Uh, You know, like, it's, it's, it's... he hasn't really been available like everybody else has, and he's already 34 years old. It's a little bit different if you give a three- or four-year deal to a guy, give up two draft picks, and then you're still not even sure if he's going to be available in the postseason. That's the complaint you've had about mm-hmm. Max Fried and Charlie Morton and all these other guys. So I'm almost at the point now where I don't want to go after Sonny Gray or Blake Snell. I want to go after somebody who's not going to cost those two draft picks. Well, and I want somebody that's a little bit younger. I mean, 34, I mean, Lindsay, you can't do much more than a three-year deal on something like that. And they're probably going to want four or five years. And now you made a very good point in in our Discord that we were talking about. And you said, listen, sometimes when you sign long-term deals like Aaron Nola did, like you're fully expecting to get most bang for your buck year one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, Four and five, a little bit mediocre. And then six and seven, you're just basically you're you're just happy that you paid him what you paid him to get those first three years out of him. And yeah. uh, we saw that even with position players, Albert Pujols was one of the prime examples of that. When they signed that big year deal with him to play first base, and the Angels did it was like that dude's like sixty five, and they still paid him <laughs> all those years because they couldn't. They, nobody had a valid birth certificate on him, so nobody really knew how old he was. And yeah. so uh, you see, but you're paying for that up front. Well, when you start with a guy like Gray that's thirty four, you're paying for a year, year and a half, two years because you're three and four. I mean, I'm sorry, the Charlie Mortons of the world are different. The Nolan Ryans of the world that pitched up until they were in their 40s, different. And so 
when you start talking about a Sonny Gray who's had trouble staying on the field, mm-hmm. you don't want to hand him or hand a team, you know, three draft pit or three prospects for a year and a half, two years worth of maybe work that you may get. Exactly. It's a, I mean, it's, it's like, that's the thing you have to think about with the top starting pitchers left is it's not just going to be the money. It's going to be the additional cost. Greg and Snell, both of those guys, they're going to be your second and your fifth highest draft picks in the 2024 draft. Yamamoto, the top um, Mm. international free agent. He was posted on Monday. If you sign him, there's a posting fee involved and it's going to be around $30 million extra on top of the contract Mm. that you have to pay to sign him. And so I'm kind of a, like I was willing to give up the two draft picks for Aaron Nola because my thought process was he's been so healthy. Odds are the players that you would have taken there, you won't need to ask them to start in his place because he'll be around. Sonny Gray, Blake Snell, you don't have those assurances. So just move past this tier of qualifying offer guys and let's go look at your Jordan Montgomery's, you know, some of your, you know, your Eduardo Rodriguez, some of your guys below this tier of pitching that doesn't have a qualifying offer and you don't lose draft picks. And then we can do some contingency plans around that. Maybe you sign a guy on a uh, rebuild your value rehab thing like a Luis Severino from New York. I mean, he's a guy who started a no hitter in his career. Spencer Turnbull, maybe something like that. Michael Lorenzen, some of these guys that aren't going to cost you draft picks. You can probably get them for cheaper. And if you're able to fix them, which Atlanta has been pretty good at getting yeah. pitchers to hit their, hit their uh, performance in the past, you know, to, to, to re- return to their value, then you're getting value. You're not giving up draft picks. And maybe now you have a five man rotation with two new additions. Maybe you can sign one of those guys long-term or have option years on there and you have some certainty for 25. And then the other part of me too thinks if you don't go top of the market to get a guy like a, like a gray or a Snell or whatever, you can show the offer that you gave to Nola. You can talk to Max Freed's folks and say, Hey, we tried to sign Aaron We couldn't do it. Let's yep. give you that money instead. We'd love to give you that money and have you uh, extend and stay long-term in Atlanta too. Speaking of money, speaking of finances, uh, make sure to check out Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book. Tell Ford we said hello. He is a fiduciary and sound financial advisor. Also a contributor to Forbes.com, writing articles for Forbes, author of Annuity 360, and wants to give you that free book, Annuity 360, at no cost to you. Just go to annuity360.net, put your information in, and get your free Annuity 360 book today, and make sure we tell, or you tell Ford that we said hello. Uh, speaking of which, as we talked about, the the no gray, no snail, you and I are in the same page as we'd rather not have them because of, and you mentioned a few names. It does, in order to keep the base happy, does he have to hit a big home run or a big name now? Because you and I have talked about it. Atlanta probably needs that, if not one, that two guy, especially, I don't want to go ahead and throw this jinx out there, but if Freed's going to continue to have some blister issues, there needs to be another guy. There needs to be another big horse in the stable. Yeah, and I still think you can go into, you know, like looking at our free agent rankings on the site. Once you get past those first few guys, you've got that tier of Eduardo Rodriguez, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, I'm not going to say Lucas Giolito. I don't think he deserves to be in that tier, although I do think that he could rebound this year. Uh, but it, it 
the fan base is not, there's a certain segment of the fan base that is not going to be happy if you don't come out of this with a big name. And on the one hand, I get it because Atlanta talked about, we know something has to change after the postseason. We cleared up all this roster space. We cleared up all this money. You're expecting a big name. On the other hand, I would rather have to just trust Alex Anthopoulos that the moves we do make are going to work out versus going financially too far to just to bring in a big name for the sake of bringing in a big name, right? Mm. Like you don't, you know, you will still have Spencer Strider and Max Freed and Charlie Mm. Morton in 2024. And so you don't necessarily have to bring in a big name. We just want another one so that we have safety in numbers, right? Mm -hmm. If you have four postseason quality starting pitchers, then theoretically you're going to have three still available in the postseason. That's kind of the thought process, right? And, and so I, I trust Alex Anthopoulos if he can't bring in a big fish to bring in some smaller fish that together can swarm and, and, you know, do a power Rangers Megazord thing and become (laughs) the guy you need in the postseason. Look at Philadelphia. Like, Yes. You watch them uh, have a lefty come in, uh, start a game, pitch three innings, and then they went to an amazing bullpen full of velocity and swing and miss, and they closed that game out against Atlanta. Mm. You've added a ton of velocity and a ton of swing and miss to this bullpen. And so it like it, it kind of feels like Alex Anthopoulos is making sure we have multiple options here. You still have your big three for this season. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's questions about both Freed and Morton after this, but you got your big three. You've got a bunch of swing and miss stuff. You've got a guy like Lopez who you're going to try as a starter. And the last time he was a starter and could see he was a pretty good starter. And right. so you're giving yourself as many avenues as possible to be successful in the postseason. I trust AA, but I understand there's going to be fans frustrated if we don't have that big name at the end of all of this. The thing that makes me trust AA even more, and I know a lot of people say that all we're doing is just giving a lot of love for him, but he keeps things so quiet. I mean, think about these names that have come out. These were not names that are on our radar, but they were taking a look at them. And it wouldn't shock me at all if he's got somebody that may be like a two or a three guy somewhere else that could be coming in and be a big contributor because you said it best. This next year, you still have free. Now, you got to open up some money for him a little bit later on. You still have Strider. You still have Morton. Morton scares me a little bit with age, but still he's been super healthy for the most part for his age. And then you bring in these big arms and these big misses that are coming in, uh, swinging misses that are coming in. And it could be an interesting year or an interesting offseason as I still think he has something, some sort of hidden ammunition in the gun that we don't know about. There's something going on. That he's going to drop at some because there's just been too much money cut thus far to not see something happen. Uh, before the start of before pitchers and catchers report. I don't know when that's going to happen. It could be everybody's Christmas present. We could be thankful for Thanksgiving when that happens. We're not sure. We I just had the sneaky suspicion that he's hiding something from us. We announced Josh Donaldson, I think the Monday after Thanksgiving back in 2019 or 2018 mm. for the 2019 season. So it could be as soon as next week, the winter meetings, First week of December, a lot of deals happen. Then Braves today will be on the ground. We'll be at the winter meetings all yep. week. Uh, so we'll have plenty of content from there. But like every offseason, right? We I've said this on the pod before. Every offseason, there's been one splash by the Braves. You sign Charlie Morton. You trade for Matt Olson. You trade for Sean Murphy. It 
there is the roster space and the money to have a very big splash this offseason. The question is just what is it going to be and when is it going to happen? And like you said, this front office works in secrecy and things don't get out until they're done. We didn't know about Ronaldo Lopez until literally they posted the press release on Twitter yes. and they told the media, hey, we're having a press conference in 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> like that's nobody had any idea he was signing until that. So, I mean, that's 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 what happens with this front office. That's the frustrating part for us is we can't just we can't run off of rumors because we don't have any. Right. It's just a presenting the options, trying to figure out what makes the most sense and then seeing what Alex Anthopoulos does. Super tight ship is uh, it's all been brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book. He is Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor, and we are Braves Today. Braves underscore today on Twitter and bravestoday.com for all of the written work. Lindsey, as always, thank you, sir. Thanks, buddy.